0: Welcome to the Fantasy Trash Talk channel, your number one source for hardcore cash-focused fantasy basketball. We are a channel focused on season-long cash fantasy basketball with two expert hosts who play over $5,000 of their own money. Sit back while we get into the strategy of how to win your league. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. We are on the clock in the weirdest mock draft that we've done yet. We're picking Jason Tatum with the fourth pick. What the hell is going on, Jake?
1: (laughs) Well, I wanted to try something new. I took Embiid first, and then this guy snap-picked Luka second. So we got a a Jokic going third. This is going to mess with ADPs all across the universe.
0: Somehow I am on the least amount of drugs of anybody (laughs) in this mock draft (laughs) right now. Guys, we are live. We are doing a best player available video today. Instead of talking about punts, we're going to talk about what it means to not punt and why you should punt. We had a viewer write a very thoughtful comment
1: saying, hey, are you ever going to do videos where you don't punt? Jake, why do we punt? We punt to derive value. It's it's very simple. You can grab somebody in the sixth round who fits your punt and plays like a second or third or first round player and... That's pretty much it. If you take out some categories for certain players, they get so much value from that that that, I mean, that's that's how you win. You get later value from players later who play like you know better players. It's very that's a great great analysis, Jake.
0: Why do we punt in nine cat? I'm gonna take a stab at this. Okay, if you go best player available, what you're trying to do is pick the best player available. Shocking. But we live in a land where information is basically free. What are you going to do? You're going to go buy some picks that somebody's selling. You're going to go buy someone's projections. Guess what? All your friends can buy it too. Everyone can use a filter, a Z score calculator. So, what we're left with at the end of the day is everyone has access to the same information. They can download the same podcast. They can listen to people say they love Desmond Bain or they hate Desmond Bain. All that's left for you as the player is to make your opinion. It's not about the information. It's about your opinion. It's about your strategy. ADP tells you when a player is going. We all have that. We can make our opinions. Do we think Fred Van Fleet is above or below 21.6? I take Mikhail Bridges with my second pick because I thought he was the best player available. If I'm not punting, that's it. We just are out here making opinions. But is picking who you think is the best a strategy? No. No, it's not. Let's talk about what a strategy is. Jake was saying you derive value. If I pick a player like Fred Van Fleet at 20, and I'm punting field goal percentage, what is Fred Van Fleet going to play like? Is he going to play like the 20th best player? Maybe. No, not in the punt. He's going
1: to be like top six or top seven. In your your punt field goal build, yes. In in regular fantasy, he, he might be the 20th best player. But the point of punting
0: is you don't have to win all your bets. Because you're making 12, 13 picks, 14 picks when you draft. When you punt, you can get more of those picks wrong because the strategy is they're still going to be the same player. You know what Fred Van Fleet is not going to do next year? He's not going to start blocking shots at a crazy rate and dunking the basketball. The type of player he is is established. And so when you play a punt, you're playing the type of player. You know what Clint Capella is not going to do? Start draining threes and free throws. So when you aggregate those players together, you start to see a theme. I'm gonna take Bane. pick. Why am I taking Bane? His ADP is 21. I'm picking 28. I'm picking best player available. Bane is young. Ja Moran is out. Yah ja Moran. Yah ja, Yah ja, Yah ja, Moran.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna argue with you a little bit here. I I don't think best player available means best value relative to your ADP. This ADP numbers are screwed right right now. They're they're messed with first of all by the way Yahoo made the rankings originally and then also there are people who play points leagues there are people who play categories there's people who are playing roto they're playing dynasty so adp is is a pretty solid number but it's not the be all end all of, of value so you know getting somebody at pick 28 whose ADP's 21 if you're going best player available still might not be the right move um, and i actually i had this concept that i was thinking about for drafting best player available while still trying to derive value. And I haven't come up with a name for the type of build, but maybe like puzzle pieces where you fit in guys who each have certain uh, really high punt values for certain punts and then find a way to mix them together. So for example, you draft Fred Van Vliet in the second round who you know is going to kill your field goal percentage, but later on you find somebody who's going to really boost your field goal percentage to counteract that and then just play a mixing and matching game That way. And a lot of guys who have these big deficiencies will fall in drafts. So you can still get value from that. I I haven't researched it. I don't know if it's a viable strategy, but I really like the concept. The name of our bar puzzles. People will be like, why is it called puzzles?
0: That's the puzzle. I like the concept probably for a different reason. Like, let's call it the jigsaw build, right? Um, the reason why I like it is every time you're picking a player that has a big deficiency, like a Fred Van Vliet, like a Clint, uh, like a Ben Simmons, et cetera, et cetera, Jordan Clarkson, you're actually acquiring players that have a lot of trade value to specific teams. And if you're drafting Snake, the guy who's three picks ahead of you, he might really want Clint Capella, but he just doesn't have the ability to pick Clint because he has to choose between Clint and Mitch Robinson. You grab Clint, he might trade you the world for Clint later. This has been a Clint heavy video. I don't like that. Let's talk about Nick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's shout out to some trash talk. By the way, guys, uh, the number six pick is a subscriber. The number seven pick is a YouTube subscriber. The number Eunice is a subscriber. If you want to be in mock drafts with us and join the conversation and talk to us on Instagram, follow me at stram show and send the word mock to me and I will get you in here. We have over 40 people in the chat.
1: Josh, your pick's coming up, and you got nobody on your queue.
0: I don't need someone in my queue. This is a best player available build. Look at this. I'm sorting by ADP, which gives me a general idea of what's good, but I'm picking 45, and Nick Claxton is there. So you know I'm taking Nick Claxton because it's best player available. Do you want to have a Clax attack debate right now?
1: Let's no, do it. i make a whole video about that.
0: Okay. I'm going to name one Nick Claxton fact. You name a counter fact. We're going to do that three times. This is a sneak peek. Of the Clack attack facts, Clax facts attack. Okay, fact number one: Nick Claxton is in a contract year, and the Nets do not have another rosterable center. Clax fact.
1: A lot of players are in contract years. It doesn't mean anything. There's there's no evidence to say that contract year means you're going to perform better. Okay, good counterpoint. Clax fact number two: Nick
0: Claxton was a top fifteen player last year in terms of totals. And was even better if you punted any one of the three things he's bad at. I think a small free throw percentage improvement from Nick Claxon could see him return easy second round value in per game and easy first round value in totals. Class facts.
1: I, I like this this uh tagline you got here. Um uh, <laughs> I, I think blocks are were his main category last year. Blocks at Tilgo percentage, and we have a lot of guys this year who are coming out to the scene who are gonna skew that. Uh, the Z-score for blocks um, to the to the right. So we got Victor Robinyama. We got Chet Hongren. We got a lot of guys who are going to get a lot more blocks. So I think his block value will be diminished. So it, it right. pushes value up that high. But let's talk final, about anything else. Final Clax pack
0: Third one. Nick Claxton is incredibly handsome. Clax facts. Look at that you Can't argue with that one. Zoom in on that face. Classically handsome. He could be a runway model. All right. Okay. All right. I'm up in two picks. I n- notice how I have multiple players in my queue. My queue is loosely sorted by who I think the BPA is. DeMar DeRozan is sniped one pick before us. That would have made this easy. Probably taking Scotty Barnes here. Yeah, taking Scotty Barnes here. No, can take OG. Take an OG. open he gets traded.
1: A few moments later when you're going best player available, you also have to consider categories, categorical scarcity. And uh, in in these drafts, generally points and assists are the stats that go off the board really early. So if you're drafting Tatum, who's pretty good in assists for his position, you still have to attack the assist category in your next few picks uh, just to be competitive in it. Otherwise, you're going to end up soft punting assists uh, just go just by going best player available. So this draft where you got Uh, Tatum and Bridges and Bain, you're okay in assists, but you're wildly behind the top assist teams right now. And and you'll probably beat Jay, who has no assists on his team, but I don't know if you're going to beat anybody else. So I I think it's really important, best player available, but also finding remembering categorical scarcity. Yeah, but like, do
0: you even need to be good at assists, right? Like, without forget punting because we're not talking about punting right now. The like. Do you have to beat all of the teams that assist all the time? Because when you do that, you usually, as I take Brad, when you're a really good assist team, you usually are also a really bad turnover team. And it's very hard to build a team that is good enough at assists that you beat most people and good enough at turnovers that you beat most people. We talk about toast. So, like, if I'm going best player available, which, again, I usually wouldn't do, when does best player available work the best? In auction? Actually in a snake draft, I it just doesn't have the same fit. But yeah, I I for best player available, I'm not gonna care what my team's overall assists are because I can always trade for more assists. If I'm picking a guy in the seventh round and I think he's gonna play like a fifty, I'm gonna be able to trade him out for 10 or 15 slots of assist value later. I don't need to target that. Don't don't think that the draft is the only time you have a chance to build your team. Remember, you have the waiver wire and you have trades.
1: You do, and that's an important thing to think about, also. But I, I still think assists are really hard to trade for, just like they're really hard to to draft. And when you're going best player available, you do have to take it into consideration. So I'm I'm gonna heavily disagree with you on that. Look at the drama here on the Trash Talk channel. Oh, Will John yeah. and Jake ever make
0: up their? Di- Will they ever get over this argument and this fight? <laughs> <laughs> we got two fights. All right, guys. Slaps, uh, We got a subscriber, class facts. We got a subscriber over here that went JJJ, Walker Kessler, Chad Holgram, Clint Capella, Mitch Robinson, Marcus Smart. Guys, we won't usually talk about people's teams, but this is such an egregious mistake that I feel the need to talk about it. My bro has some punt filter up and he put four punts in. Four punts will lie to you, right? Because when you take four categories out, it looks like he's picking the best player available every single time. The problem is he's never going to get enough steals and and his margin for error is so small if he runs into a guard heavy team and they beat him in steals he could easily lose you know five four or six three any given week and you're just never going to be able to get a margin and come back so yeah I I don't agree with this build if you were going to do some version of this build you need to be going for steel monsters early like DeJounte Murray I would have loved to see DeJounte Murray in the second round
1: So reaching for Walker Kessler and Chet Ongren and probably JJJ. If if you're reaching for players, you're never going to get the value that you need out of them to build your team so that you can win at least five categories every week. And also, if you're punting four categories right off the bat, there's no room for error. So I I don't think that's ever a good strategy. A few moments later. Too many people focus
0: on punting versus a team. They think, oh, is my team the best team? against any other team but that's not actually what you need to focus on it's you versus the field 11 teams at the start of the season you need to be better than half of them so that you make the playoffs and then to win a championship ring you have to beat two or three of them so it's not about do you have the best team it's about can you beat three teams in a row can you beat two teams in a row And so if you're not punting and you have like an average team that's just kind of like good or above average and everything, you will run into a haymaker where you have to beat a team that's all bigs in the first round and then all guards in the second round. And both of those teams have hyper-specialized and it's going to come down to one or two categories. And if you have a team that's just kind of good across the board, it's really, really hard to beat these hyper-specialist teams as a field. Remember, it's not about individual matchups. It's about beating three teams in a row. That's a big reason why I think punting is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes people over-punt. We've been seeing that in drafts like now, like this draft here, where you just go crazy on field goal percentage and you don't get enough of other stats and then you end up losing 5-4 every week wondering why your team is just a little bit below average. Um, I I wanted to make another point that Um, when we're talking about deriving value, we talk about it with punts or with best player available, but sometimes, actually, I think a lot of the time you can win your league by drafting somebody late who shoots up the rankings. And that's not that there's definitely an element of luck to that. But last year, for example, if you drafted JJJ in the eighth round or the ninth round, you got a second round ish, first round player in the eighth or ninth round. And that wasn't necessarily obvious to everybody. People were taking Chris Middleton in that same area who was also injured and didn't get very much value from that. So whoever took the risk really reaped the reward from taking JJJ that late. And there are examples of that every year where you grab, like if you picked up Jalen Williams, J-Dub, off the waiver wire last year, your team was awesome down the stretch because he led the league in steals throughout, from like January 1st on, something like that. So there are definitely ways to derive value otherwise.
0: I'll interrupt you though because... Yes, if you pick JJJ, you're going to have a good season. So who is this year's JJJ? We can't know. Like, you're, you're you're totally guessing. You should have some risk. You should take some risks with your late picks. But, like, you will never be able to consistently pick this year's JJJ. What you can do is you can have a strategy consistently. I want to give you guys a piece of, like, deep wisdom, especially if you're newer, okay? The day of, you want to be kind of testing this to make sure you haven't overcompiled the category okay? This is actually a pretty well-balanced draft looking at projections. If we go to averages, it's still pretty balanced. If you see that you have a 54% field goal, stop drafting big men. If you see that you have an 85% free throw, stop focusing on free throw shooting because the player values that you're looking at, you've over-concentrated. You're number one by too wide of a margin. And that next player you draft, you're only getting like 80% 80% or 60% of their value because you've over-concentrated categories.
1: Pro tip. That's a big pro tip for punting, for sure.
0: No, even, even general, Even if you were doing best player available, it could totally happen where you accidentally get too many categories stacked. A few moments later. Let's take a look at this final team. By going best player available around Jason Tatum, we got Bradley Beal, Mikael Bridges, Desmond Bain, and Bobby Portis in our starting five. A lot of scoring, a lot of threes. We got OG, Nick Claxton, Yacob Podol, a lot of defense, a lot of rebounding. Jalen Green, Jalen Dern, Zubak, Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, Sadiq Bey. I mean, when I look at this, I'm not excited, if I'm being honest. Like, I think this was a fine draft. I think this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. But this doesn't feel like a team that can win a ring to me. We, most of this video was just talking philosophy with you. We encourage you guys to punch. Check out our other videos. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel.
1: Jake, what do you rate What do you rate this build? Six out of ten. I, I just don't think it has that much upside. I think it's going to be a solid team that maybe finishes fifth or sixth. Maybe you yeah. could have some trades to improve it, but it's, yeah. It, it's. Fine. I'm giving it a five.
0: I'm giving it a five, not because I think that this team is a five, but when I look at all the builds you and I have, all the different combinations... I don't think this team could be in the top 50% of our builds. Like this team would get smacked around by most of the builds that we're doing when we do it. For real. Guys, if you want to be a better fantasy basketball player, follow us, talk with us, chat with us. We're all about it. Don't forget to drink the blood of your friends and crush the souls of your enemies. Fantasy Trash Talk, out.